This is KMTT. Ki Mitzion Torah. Today is Tuesday, the weekly shiur on Ramban Pashat HaShavua. This is Ezubek and Pashat Achimot Kedoshim. We will be in Pashat Achimot. In the Pasuk I would like to discuss Ramban's commentary to the Sa'ir La'azazel. Perek Tetzayin Pasuk Chet. This is a difficult Ramban, but a very important one. And even if we won't understand it completely, I think that we can uh, gain a great insight into the Ramban's understanding of a very important topic. As you remember, on Yom Kippur, one of the practices done in the Mikdash was the Shnei Hasirim, two goats. One is Lashem, and one is La'azazel. The one that's Lashem is a Korban. And the twin, his mate, the separated by Lat, is taken alive to a cliff in the desert outside Yushalayim, and they're pushed off the cliff. That's called in the Torah that he sent La'azazel. Without the word Azazel being particularly clear as to what it means, whether it's a name, whether it's a place, whether it's a common noun. But it's a Goral Azazel and he slant, and, and, the, and the, the, it's, it's a lot for Lashem, a lot for Azazel. And the goat is sent La Azazel Hamidbara, to Azazel, to the desert. The Ramban quotes on this Pasuk, a, a uh, statement of the Ibn Ezra, which says that it's a secret. Ibn Ezra says, he's not going to explain what's going on here exactly. He gives a hint that you need to be 33 to understand it. The man says, I usually don't, uh, man doesn't usually explain other people's secrets. But in this case, he says, everybody knows what it means, so I'll tell you, count 33 psukim from here, and you get to the 33rd pasuk, which is, the Isur in the Torah to sacrifice sacrifices to other spirits, to demons. Which in that case means demons. That's a very similar word to the Seirim, to the goats. And these are Shnei Seirim that are being uh, sacrificed now. So the hint of the Benezu meant that the Seir Azazel was in fact not a sacrifice, but a gift that was sent to the place where you are, it's forbidden to bring sacrifices. To other spirits, not God. Can we really re- already realize what a sensitive topic we are dealing with here? According to the Ben Ezra, and the Ramban is more or less going to go in the same direction, we're involved here in something that's very much akin to Avodah Zarah. We're dealing with a different part of the spiritual world, with, with spirits, with demons, with gods, with powers that are not God himself. Something which normally, under all conditions, is simply forbidden. So, the, um, the Ben Ezra is at pains to state Ki Korban. 
It's not a sacrifice. Shalom Yishchat, it's not slaughtered. And that's why apparently it's not about Dazara. It's not a sacrifice to the spirits of the desert. But somehow we're dealing with them. Ibn Ezra opens up by saying, the first sa'ir, the first quote is, says explicitly, who, Lashem, it's to God. It's not a, the goat of Azazel. It's a goat of God. Give it to Azazel. That's the event of Azazel. But what does it all mean? So now we're going to read the Ramban. The Ramban opens up by quoting a medrash in Pirkei de Rabbi Ezra. It's found in Perak Memvav where one, the explicit association of what Azazel means is stated, which is why the Ramban originally quotes it, but as well gives a longer story. And it says as follows, Therefore, they would give to Samael. Samael is the name of an angel. Ramban assumes that you know that it's not a good angel. It's equivalent with Satan. The Gemara says, Who's Satan? Who Malachamavet? Samael is a force of evil. And they would give Samael Shochad Biyoma Kippurim, a bribe. I'm translating the words literally. A bribe on Yom Kippur so that he should not cancel, negate, undermine their sacrifice, the Jews' sacrifice. The lot that is for God is sacrificed properly. The other one, the Goral Vazazel, is a Seir Chatat. It's a Chatat. And the sins of Israel are on it. As I stated, the Pasuk says that that Sa'ir, the one that sent to Azazel, carries on it the sins of Israel. Ra'as Samael, then, the following takes place. That, that, that's the first part, which reminds me interesting. But then, of course, the rest of it, because he's going to use it. Ra'as Samael, shalom nitzabachet b'yom kippur. As a result of this, or somehow connected to this, Samael perceives that there is no sin in Israel. He says to God, Ribon kolamim, yesh lecha am echad ba'aretz k'malachea sharet shebashamayim. He says, God, master of the universe, you have a people who are like the angels. Just as the angels are barefoot, so Israel today, on Yom Kippur, are barefoot. Just as the angels do not eat or drink, so Israel does not eat or drink. Etc., 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 etc. They make peace like the angels. Important point, just as the angels are free of all sin, so too Israel is free of all sin on Yom Kippur. And God hears the witness, the testimony about Israel from the kategor, from the prosecutor, from he whose job it would be to find the sins of Israel. And he is the one who says today, they are blameless. So somehow, 
this Koban is sent to Azazel. Ramban says Azazel means Samael. That's why the Ramban originally quoted this Midrash. Sending the goat to Azazel is the equivalent of giving a gift, a shochat, a bribe to the kategor. In the Midrash it says Samael, then it says kategor. There's an angel, we call that Satan. There's an angel whose job is to be the prosecuting attorney against the Jewish people. And he is sent a bribe. The word bribe is a very dramatic word. It's forbidden to give bribes. Because the purpose of a bribe is to distort justice. The Medrash chooses the word bribe. You give a bribe to this angel, and as a result, he says good things about the Jews rather than bad things. And this leads to the kapara of Yom Kippur. Okay. Difficult Medrash. Let's see what Ramban has to say now. Let's still now this is Now we're getting to Ramban himself. States the Ramban. Hineho di'enu shmo umasayu. This Midrash is important to me because it tells us the name, Samael, the Ma'asayu, his actions, that he's the Katego, the prosecutor. This is Soranya. Kihayu, Ovdim Lelohim Acherim. People, human beings, would serve other gods. Ramban has a theory about Abodazara. Unlike the Rambam, who thinks that it's simply nonsense. It's the worship of emptiness. The Raman says that Elohim Achirim, other gods, Heim Hamal Achim. They are real spiritual entities. We call them Mal Achim, we call them angels. And the peoples of the world would worship these spiritual entities. They would, they would sacrifice and bring ketoret and korbanot, incense and, and sacrifices to these powers who are the angels. Do we know what the word angel means? They're angels of God. Explains the Ramban. The Torah has forbidden completely, unequivocally, accepting them as gods or serving them, doing a service for them, called Avodalahem. Aval, but, Tziva Kadosh Bachur Yom HaKippurim Shenishlach Sa'ir Bamidbar Lesar HaMoshel Bamkomot HaChuban. And Yom Kippur God says we should send a goat to the desert, because the desert is the domain of the prince, the angel, who rules in desolate places. It's the proper place for him to live, to be. It's his domain. For he is the owner, the sovereign of desolation. And from his powers comes comes destruction and desolation. For he, this Moshel, the prince who rules, in the place of desolation, he is the cause of the stars, of the sword, and bloodshed, and wars, and disputes, and injuries, 
and offenses and um, disagreement and destruction. Hacherev hadamim hamilchamot hamerivot hapsaim hamakot hapirud vahachuban. Vahaklal nefesh legalgal ma'adim. He's associated in the man who accepts astrology. The association is with the star Mars, the red star. His portion among the peoples, because the peoples of the earth have different angels who rule over them. His person is Esav. Who are the people who have received, have inherited the portion of sword and battle. The animal which is associated with him among the, among the, in the animal kingdom. Our goats, and also the demons, also in his domain, who are called by the Katuv Seirim. That's what we mentioned later on, thirty seconds from now. As you know, Esav is also called Seir, Eretz Seir. So the man says that on Yom Kippur we send a sa'ir, we send a goat to the angel of destruction. Notice he's subtly changed the Pirkei Not the Kategor. Not an angel who's associated with the court and whose job is to raise the sins mentioned, list the sins of the Jews and plead before God to punish them. I don't think he's contradicting it, but he's, he's shifting the focus. You're talking about the forces of evil in the world. The list here isn't judicial. It's not the adversary system in court, defender of Israel and prosecutor of Israel. But it's the prince of strife, destruction, Desolation, wars, bloodshed, and disputes. Not, God forbid, that we're giving him a korban, a sacrifice. We're doing it because God said so. We're serving God. Not the evil forces. Person makes a banquet for the master, for the for the ruler. And and the master commands the man who's making the banquet give a portion for this particular servant of mine. When you do that, you're not being Honoring, you're not honoring the servant. You're not even giving him anything. You're actually giving the master who can divide it any way he wants. It's for the kavod, it's the honoring of the master rather than of the servant. The master gives a prize, gives a reward to his servant by including him in the banquet. And why is this done? Why does the master do that? 
The master does this for the sake of the man who prepared the banquet. That all of the king's servants should participate. And so therefore they will all sing his praises and not, not denigrate him. Okay, the man keeps going. We're stopping now. But there's other things to explain. This is the basic explanation of the Ramban. Okay, this is not an explanation which is easy for modern ears to hold. Or to even hear. Not because of the reference to demons and, 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 and angels here. I don't think that's the problem. The problem is the personification that the Ramban has done to the forces of evil. As opposed to classic Jewish medieval philosophy, which views evil as being simply absence. God is good and only good. Places where the good doesn't operate, the whole, the vacuum in the fabric of the good is what we call evil. Zumban is deliberately stating is that evil is a positive power. And just as all the forces of nature have angels over them. Ramban genuinely believed in angels, but the point is, the Rambam, who is somewhat less inclined to personifying things, says, well, the angels, among other things, include all the forces of nature. So here we have a meeting of the minds. Whatever takes place in the world is the quantum Ramban under the domination of angels. And there's one angel who's in charge of evil. It's a positive force that's created by a particular star, people, angel, power. It's all bound up together. And obviously we don't worship evil. We don't worship angels at all. The Mbani Sipat Varnim explains that the nations of the world worship a Badazana because they worship their local angel. The angel in charge of their people, their nation. But we, we belong to God who is master of all. He in the in the, in the story, in the metaphor told by the Ramban, he's the master who has many servants. And in modern times, the idea that evil is a positive force has definitely gotten a bad press. We associate it correctly with, among other things, Christianity, with Satan. Isn't a technical job of the prosecutor at the trial, but someone actively engaged in, in spreading evil in the world. And we tend to think that Judaism doesn't really have that, that kind of notion. The Mban is one of the sources for that notion in Judaism. It's obviously part of his Kabbalah, even though he's pretty being pretty explicit here and not covering it. He doesn't use the word Derech Ha'imet, the classical introduction of the Mban to those things which are what we call today Kabbalah. But the man is walking a very, very, very fine road here. No monotheist thinks that evil is independent of God. The idea that there are two equal forces in the world, good and evil, dualism, is the classic minut, the classic heresy of the Babylonian Talmud. Because in the Persian Empire, where the Talmud was written, 
The official religion, in fact, was a dualistic religion based on Zoroastrianism. And there, the power of good is a god and the power of evil is an equal god. No monotheist can, 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 can maintain such a position. And therefore, even those who speak of Satan, of the evil powers, view him as being a angel of God and ultimately under the control of God. But, but nonetheless, this idea does receive a development that not only views evil as being real, metaphysically powerful, but as being at least practically independent. Anyone who's familiar with the stories, the story of Faustus, Faust, the famous American short story, Daniel Webster and the Devil, those Christian sources, you couldn't tell from the story that Satan is not independent. It's a theological, should I put it, uh, uh, like a safety exit. Uh, ultimately, God is in charge. But within this world, there's this game, there's this tournament whereby Satan is allowed to rebel. He's the rebellious angel. And this kingdom is an independent kingdom which God has the power to destroy in the meantime is in fact waging war on God. The Ramban is one of the founding fathers in Jewish philosophy of this strain that says evil is not an absence. It's a powerful and hence ultimately much more dangerous enemy. He associates it with a divine power, an angel, Sar, a prince, one of the many princes in the world. But the Ramban is so careful to always place him as being merely a servant of God, the mashal of the banquet. And the king, the, the master, has many servants. Eved, Avdiploni, slave, servant. One of them is this angel. So the Ramban is walking a very fine line here. On the one hand, he's really asking us, and I think it's an important point to at least consider, to take evil seriously. It's not that the world is basically good, people are basically good, and occasionally, oh, for some misunderstanding, we go to war. The man is saying that the world is full of evil by design because there's a powerful metaphysical source which spreads evil in the world that's expressed in bloodshed and disputes and wars and, and destruction and desolation. On the other hand, the man is being very careful not to fall into the dualistic trap. This is God's plan. You say to me, what's the plan? That he doesn't explain it. But it's part of God's plan. God has placed us in a world in which he's appointed somebody. It's not a rebellion. The myth of the rebellion of the angels is in fact based on a Jewish source, but one that the Medrash Rabbin Breshit says, we've excised 
We've canceled it. We've ripped it out of our books. And it has very little echo in Judaism. This Ramban is not an echo of fallen, rebellious angels. This is a created angel. He's one of the many Sarei Ha'olam. It's God's way of running the world. So God wants there to be A, B, C, D. One of those things is we call evil. Not moral evil. But Ban doesn't associate this angel with the temptation of human beings, as in the Faust legend. But there is a force which creates destruction. There is a power. There is a dark side which stirs up men to bloodshed. There is an influence. In Ramban's word, an atzilut. There's an influence which spills into the world dissension, desolation. It's the power of the sword. Ramban wants to take that very seriously. I think sometimes we we, we belittle the, the depths of evil. When you meet real evil, you say, oh, it's some sort of a pathological condition. People occasionally are lazy. People aren't always wonderful, but, but evil. You don't believe in evil. Rabban says we should believe in evil. Chas v'shalom, to worship evil. And what's more, chas v'shalom, to think that it's the enemy of God. It's part of the divine plan. As part of his job, apparently, he also is the category. And therefore, in Yom Kippur, he's, he's dangerous for us. The Mashal the Ramban says that on Yom Kippur, you make a banquet for God. God wants everyone to be included. So that evil is defeated not by slaughtering it, but evil is defeated by bringing it to the banquet that we have prepared for God. Now here's the part that's a little bit tricky because it's really unexplained in the Ramban. And therefore I don't plan to explain it either. Very well. What the Ramban is implying is that Yom Kippur is the day in which we unify all the forces in the service of God. One of the things that the Midrash in Rabbi Lezer had said was that Shalom This is the angels. Peace unifies them. Shalom Kippur is a day when we all also are bound together. We all the dissension between us we try to put aside. So Yom Kippur as the day is a day which in the spiritual world as well the practical dissension where two angels one has a job to do A the has a job to do the opposite but you call them all once a year you call them all to this great banquet the king has all his servants lined up and that is part of the zikuy of Israel the acquittal of Israel on this day So the Mbani on the one end is saying, take evil very seriously. Two, he's reminding us 
that there is no independent power of evil. Not even temporarily. Not even for the 6,000 year span between the creation of the world and the ultimate kingdom of God. Evil, dissension, bloodshed, warfare is a clea. It's a it's part of God's arsenal in running the world. Doesn't mean it's a good thing. We're against it. To avoid dissension. Peace is our motto. But it's in the world for a purpose. And the purpose is the purpose of God. And therefore, this Samael, this terrible evil character with a name, is one of the servants of God. He's not the enemy, which is a common Christian term for Satan, meaning the enemy of God. He's not waging war on God. He's making the world interesting in a very negative manner. And therefore, he too has the possibility, which of course, Christian Satan does not have, he too has the possibility of He will do that which Midrash describes at length of on Yom Kippur, even though it wasn't his job to do it, but he will say to God, and he will say better than anyone else, look at your people Israel, how they support Yichud Shemo Ba'olam. They support the unity and the kingship of God in the world. We've only scratched the surface of this one, man. Only scratched the surface of this very difficult concept, which has a whole history later on in Judaism. Uh, especially in Kabbalah and Sefer Hazorah, the concept famously known as Sitra Achra, the other side. The Ramban, Sitra Achra means the other side of divinity. And it's based on a notion that the Ramban here is not adopting. Which puts the evil on a higher level than merely an angel. Ramban very, very carefully does not say that the evil is from God or any aspect of God. It's something created by God apparently to further a particular purpose. What that purpose is is a whole philosophy in and of itself. It's the odyssey, the justification of God's ways in the world. Ramban has a theory of evil. He was giving a theory of strife. Why is there an influence in the world that drives men in certain directions? Because that's part of the creation of this world. It's one of the stars in the sky. But very, very carefully, it's a created thing. It's the servants of God. It's not the other side, chas v'shalom of God. It's a servant of God. And we as Jews pay no attention to the servants of God normally. Servants of God normally. Because we are God's people. Israel is God's land and we are God's people. The chilek, the portion of Samuel in the world is Esau. The portion of God in the world is Israel. Why do we send the Simash Shalech to Satan? We're doing God a favor. That's Ramban's point. You're doing it because God wants him to come. God wants the banquet to include all. As a reward, as a benefit, if you do feed him well on this day, then he accomplishes his ultimate purpose, which isn't to corrupt man. His ultimate purpose is to be part of the 
ליחודי שם שמיים. To create a state of peace and unity of God's name in the world. So we have a very, could say, ambivalent attitude towards evil. One thing you have to be very careful. You have to fear it. You have to recognize the the depths of the terror, the blackness of evil. It's not lack of color. It's positive blackness. On the other hand, to realize that it's all in the hands of God. And that's the end of the Ramban for today. I think we're leaving very much in the middle. Um, but the Ramban doesn't disclose more than that, so therefore, who am I to even try to disclose anymore? And we'll be back next week with another installment of the Ramban on the Pasha. And until then, call to from KMTT. Ki mitzion, tetzei Torah, udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.